When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today as the Minnesota Wild continue their win streak undefeated once again, 3-0 this past week, and the Wild continue to rock and roll with a four-game win streak. And, of course, Brave the Wild is also available on the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. Thank you, Kyle and Dylan, for having me on board, coming in out of the Vancouver, British Columbia area. Of course, again, a wonderful start for John Hines, a perfect start. Is it a sugar high? Is it something real? Well, I mean, there's been some tweaks, some changes to the way things are constructed. So, I mean, there are changes that probably should have been made, and maybe old Dino wasn't going to be willing to do so. So... What the heck? Uh, if it's working, it's working, and it's a good thing. The team probably needed a change, probably needed a new voice. Not saying Dean was a bad coach at all. He's probably going to end up coaching the Ottawa Senators or the Columbus Blue Jackets before the end of the season, and he'll probably be successful there. Will he win a playoff series? Well, we'll find out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. John Hines actually has won a playoff series in the AHL. Neither, of course, has won a playoff series in the National Hockey League. We talked about that. Was that two episodes ago? Or no, last episode. That was that was just last week. So my apologies. Again, going to try to keep the shows more topical than just game reviewy. Of course, we'll get into the games, but game reviewy is not always probably the best way to go. Um, and we'll talk about kind of the reasons why maybe the team has been uh, has been better. Things that may have been talked about, but also again, I mean, I want to address them on this show as well. Uh, may or may not have been talked about on other shows, but and kind of like link it to the games and such. But the fourth line's larger role has definitely been a, a huge change and a cause of the improvement uh, at the end of the day. So it's, yeah, I mean, that definitely means something as we jump into the games. The schedule, of course, Minnesota defeated. Ah, uh, I have to drop back to November. I apologize. Nashville 6-1, to one, insanely impressive again. Uh, and then we had, uh, the Minnesota Wild had a comfortable win over Chicago and a pretty dazzling victory over a... Calgary team that was playing pretty well. Um, honestly, the biggest surprise was Nashville had been on fire, and then the Wild just rolled in there and just, it was like pretty much early and off, and the Wild pretty much kicked their butts. Uh, so, and John Hines, of course, the former coach of the National Predators, as recent as last season. That's uh, pretty cool. But a 6-1 to one win. 6-1. to one. All right. So, that was a super fun performance overall. Philip Gustafson, yep, absolutely, you know, solid. And he's, he's definitely been better, but the play in front of him has been better as well. And we've seen multiple times where the goalie gets pulled because the Wild are playing so well. The Wild are scoring so easily and such. Kirill Kaprizov with a goal and an assist. 
Uh, Connor Dewar was the story of the night, of course, with the hat trick. Obviously, absolutely cool uh, career first for him. He was able to bring the three pucks home and all that good stuff. So a hat trick for Connor Dewar and, again, further signs of the fourth line. It's like early, but at the same time, you're seeing the fourth line like Connor Dewar, 14-12. Uh, sorry, I'm like blanking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Connor Dewar, like 14-12. You know, Brandon Dohame, Ryan Hartman, who has actually moved up to the fourth line, but not uh, in this game in particular. Uh, but, yeah, Freddie Goudreau, 13-49. Uh, Vinny Letary, 10-14. So, guys obviously getting minutes. Pat Maroon's been up to the third line. So, uh, and there's been some shuffles here and there. Dehaime has actually been mostly the fourth line. That's the other guy. So, actually, yep. Yeah. Um, and it's, obviously, it's changed a little bit. And, of course, the return of uh, Ryan Harmon uh, changes it at the end of the day because, well, he was suspended for a couple games because of that stupid uh, trip. That was not the nicest thing I've ever seen done in the history of the world, but a hat-trick for Connor to win nonetheless. The fourth line surging. It's obviously awesome. Uh, the lines we're looking at now, yeah, Freddie Goudreau's not fourth line. He's third line. He's the center of the third line with Felino and Maroon, who've been playing pretty well. I mean, they're, they're, I wouldn't call them the best line the Wild have by any means. Uh, second line, obviously, Marcus Johansson finally came back to life a little bit. Boldy and Kaprizov have definitely come back to life. Uh, we've had Rossi, Rossi, Rossi centering the, the top line, and he's going to probably be there for uh, the foreseeable future, the foreseeable future, Marco Rossi, Matt Zuccarillo, and Kirill Kaprizov, of course, uh, and then you have Drew Eriksson-Eck, Matt Boldy, Marcus Johansson, obviously two really nice lines, Johansson had been invisible, but finally showing some signs of life, as Freddie Goudreau also showing some signs of life, finally scoring, and a lot of people are like, yeah, it's about bleeping time, but it's like, okay, <laughs> finally scoring, Goudreau had an assist in the game, Frederick Goudreau, had an assist in the game. Yes, we're happy about that. Kirilka brings up goal and an assist. I already talked about that. But the story of the night was Connor DeWare's awesome and stellar performance. Everybody obviously very thrilled for him. And uh, just great news. Obviously great news. Jake Middleton also was able to add a goal. And uh, Spurgeon, Alex Goligoski of all people, and Zach Bogosian, guys that don't get points a whole, off, a whole lot, were able to collect a couple. Uh, Goligoski's second assist. And Zach Bogosian's first point as a Minnesota Wild player. Coming in out of Messina, New York at age 33, <laughs> wearing Matt Dumba's number, former, former uh, wild player Matt Dumba anyway. Um, we, we may or may not look into those guys in the future here, but obviously a very solid week for Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi continuing it. Drew Eriksson-Eck still one of those consistent guys. Zuccarillo had a huge, huge uh, game up and coming. Not this one in particular. This one was the Connor DeWars night and what a great night it truly was. And really making that fourth line uh, extremely proud in a lot of ways. And, yep, the fourth line being utilized more often rather than just a couple minutes and, you know, just barely ten minutes, eight minutes, this and that. It's hard to really be productive when you're not even out there at all. So that had been an issue with the fourth line for the most part during the uh, Dean Evison era, especially in the, po uh, the later stages of it, so on and so forth. But pretty much generally was this the case. Wild had a bunch of days off, or at least a few. Chicago Blackhawks, 4-1, to comfortable win. No Vikings game, so you got to sit and enjoy the Minnesota Wild about the time you'd be enjoying a Minnesota Viking game. Uh, Rossi with a couple of goals in the game. Faber with a couple of assists, uh, assisting on both of Rossi's goals. I mean, that was, obviously, felt like a million bucks. 
Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury going against his former team for a couple minutes. That's how the Wild traded. Uh, uh, that's how the Wild, or the Wild acquired Marc-Andre Fleury from the Chicago Blackhawks. So, of course, that was the conversation there. Blackhawks with injuries all over the place. And then, yeah, all kinds of ties to this and ties to that. Tyler Johnson, ties to Minnesota. Nick Foligno, ties to Marcus Foligno, the older brother, of course. Once upon a time, the more established guy. Ryan Donato, former Wild, so on and so forth. So on and so forth. Vlasic, the former Sharks, I used to call him the pickle man. He's like, you know, like a, usually a second or third pairing kind of guy. Jared Tenorti ties to Mark Tenorti. So I've been kind of all over the place here. Vinny Letary, Zach Bogosian scratched in this one. Goligoski and John Merrill. Goligoski and John Merrill. And the Wild only give up one goal. All right, that's good. Thanks to uh, Spurgeon, thanks to Protein Faber, Spurgeon, and Middleton. But uh, no, those guys were fine too. I'm not trying to give them a hard time. Goligoski was actually a plus one, and not one single defenseman was a minus. So, in fact, nobody on the Wild was a minus. There were a few evens and such. Connor Dewar, not quite the stellar night, but at least he was good in the faceoff circle. Seven to, uh, or no, he was he was mediocre, but everybody was there. <laughs> was mediocre there. The only guy with a winning record was Zuccarello. Interesting. Okay, and Goudreau, okay, but yeah, just one more. One more win than loss. But Marco Rossi now up to eight goals on the season. That's just, you know, you feel so good. You feel so happy. Eight goals, seven assists, now 15 total points for Marco Rossi in 23 games. Um, yeah, uh, he's at least becoming the, the, the Marco Rossi that we saw in Iowa, the same production level, we'll say, but obviously a better player. Because to be able to do that in the NHL, you have to be doing more. You have to be better. You have to be quicker. You have to be stronger. You have to be you know quicker release and better in traffic and all of that. So because there's so much traffic, there, there's traffic in every hockey game. But that one, it's like the real you know. But in the NHL, it's the real deal. Um, Dakota Mermis, I've lost track how many times he's been up and down, up and down, up and down. Looks like he's back active with the Wild again. I I don't know who's active and who isn't anymore. I'm confused. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Damon Hunt. He's been having some pretty nice... Yeah, he's definitely been picking up offensively in Iowa. And that's an encouraging sign for a team that's, uh, you know, mostly led by the veteran players who are more career minor leaguers rather than the prospects. So that's unfortunate, the prospects. But a comfortable win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, obviously, we've seen solid, very solid play from two guys that have been MIA, Caprice up and Boldy. They're no longer missing in action. So, obviously, that's a wonderful thing. Boldy would have a multi... Uh, yeah, Boldy's been having multiple points. He's been having big moments. Um, he's now at 13 points, 5 goals, 8 assists. And remember, he scored his second goal of the season against the uh, St. Louis Blues. Let's not forget that. And it was kind of a breakaway type of situation as well. So, now he's at 5. Matt Boldy's definitely been surging under John Hines. Kaprizov, you're not really seeing the, you know the guy that looks like maybe like he's still injured type of thing. He's been racking up assists more than goals. Like eight goals he's been scoring has been Kaprizov, but 15 assists, though. Obviously getting the assists like crazy. Zuccarillo, tons of assists at 21 now, and on pace for about 90 points on the season, where Kaprizov is right at a point of game now, where he'd been struggling before. Uh, obviously, ongoing conversations where uh, Dean Nevison talked to, starting off with... Uh, Michael Russo, my apologies that I didn't really get into it on the last episode, and, and just kind of very briefly, you know, obviously he, it was interesting, you know, like, <laughs> we got to hear both coaches describe exactly how the moment was, 
So I, I got a kind of a, you know, it's interesting, like like both coaches in the past when it came to uh, Boudreaux is what I'm trying to say, um, where basically Boudreaux walked into uh, Garen's office, Garen closed the door behind him, and he's like, uh-oh, uh, so, something's up, like, here we go. And then <laughs> basically uh, Garen said, I'm looking to make a change. And... Uh, Boudreaux said, are you firing me? And Garen said, yes, basically. And then <laughs> Boudreaux said, are you bleeping kidding me? It was kind of funny. And then they just, they just kind of stormed out, basically. And then, whereas in uh, a definite contrast with uh, Dean Evison's situation, where Dean knew something was up, he was either going to get, he was either getting fired or he was going to be told that you need to, you know, get rid of, like, say, a Bob Woods or some other guys. Like, Woods was pretty much toast. You could pretty much see that coming a mile away, an assistant coach or two or three or all of them, who knows. <laughs> Darby Hendrickson has been around since uh, <sighs> since the second coach in wild history. That was uh, Todd Richards. That's pretty amazing. Yep, he came with the up two, two former Gophers were coaching the Minnesota Wild back in 09 after Jacques Lemaire. Jacques Lemaire. So pretty crazy. Um, but when it, with the Dean Evison situation, Bill Guerin called him to the office and then Dean Everson, of course, called his wife and said, well, I'm either getting fired or he's going to tell me I need to let go of some of my, an assistant coach or two or something. And ultimately it was the, it was what it was. Basically, they sat down Bill Guerin started kind of like, he just kind of had a sad look on his face, really like he was going to cry, kind of. And Dean Everson said, are you firing me, bud? You know, and it's just kind of like, he always, he always says bud, like he's, uh, like he's done on a call with uh, Paul Allen. He'd go on the Paul Allen show once a week. And he'd be like, all right, thanks, bud. You know, kind of like that. So just kind of a nice guy, obviously, in uh, Dean Evison's case. Super competitive, super aggressive, super intense, and not a shy person at all, as we found out. Um, but that basically, that's what happened. They embraced. They kind of cried a bit. And it, it's sad. It just kind of is what it is. Uh, at the end of the day, Dean Evison said he understands the decision he disagrees with it but he understands you know it is what it is you know that's kind of the nature of the business and oh i'm i'm a bleeping good coach i'm gonna resurface and i'm definitely not done and he wasn't shy to go out in public either so interesting to say the least um it was a very enjoyable article and then of course he also went on with uh, jim rich fox nine and i think he also went uh yeah a conversation with the uh the, the, the star tribune beat writer as well and of course, she is the well-known Sarah McClellan. Of course, yep, you always hear her in the post games and the you know whatever press conference it is. You know, we fired Dean Evison. We're hiring John Hines. This and that. Uh, you know, who's the goalie tonight? Guts. Who's you know that type of thing? Yeah. So Sarah McClellan. McClellan. Sarah McClellan. Yeah. Who I should talk about more often on this uh, show. And I apologize. Yep. I mean, you know, I'm, I guess I'm tied to the Athletic more. I suppose. You know, with Joe Smith and Michael Russo. So, but yeah, Sarah McClellan, of course, also obviously deserves credit and the Pioneer Pioneer Press to beat writers as well. So, I mean, it's in St. Paul for Pete's sake. So, all right. So, yeah, I got into the Dean Evison conversation there. So, it's just interesting the difference in contrast. Uh, basically, Boudreaux was like, Are you effing kidding me? And he said the, the word, Are you, yeah, he said, Are you, basically, this is what, uh, this is what happened. So, it's like, Bill Guerin, I'm looking to make a change. Are you firing me? Yes. Are you fucking kidding me? So yes, James Rolfe, the angry video game nerd, did a nice impression of what uh, Boudreaux may have said that day. So uh, yeah, so you get the point now. We'll uh, move on. And then of course, yep, are you firing me, bud? 
It's just, can you imagine the difference? <laughs> Are you firing me, bud? Yeah, it's sad, you know, obviously, but Dean Everson, a proud guy, and he's going to continue. Yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. Um, is he going to win a playoff series? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. It's just, it's an ongoing thing. I'm sorry, it, it is. But let's get back to where we need to be. Boldy did get his third goal of the season at the time versus the Chicago Blackhawks. So Boldy obviously has been on a goal streak, a point streak, and all that good stuff. Zuccarillo, two assists, three total points versus the Blackhawks. Marco Rossi with a couple of goals, like I said. So obviously that, you know, it feels like a million bucks. Erickson X been a little on the quiet side, but I'm not going to crash in Julie Erickson Eck. I'm sorry, that ain't happening. So we're going to keep going from here onto the uh, Calgary game, which made me feel pretty dang good. That was exciting, uh, obviously. Um, yeah, 5-2 to two win in Calgary. The first regulation win. The first regulation win in Calgary since 2016. So that's a long time ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> that is going way back in the day. So very, very cool, very impressive. Uh, obviously, it's the, you know, you got the, <laughs> the rodeo and all that going on. You know, I, and, you got, and we got to see Blasty on the, on the uniforms. Those are pretty good. I mean, let, I'll be honest. Those reverse retro style are pretty nice. I mean, those those Blasties, yep. I didn't like the original form of the Blasty uniforms, but these are pretty good. These are pretty good. Obviously, nothing tops the Minnesota Wild North Stars or, say, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes uh, Hartford Whalers jerseys. But, uh, yeah. They're way up there. Obviously, the, the retro Calgary, or the, the, the ones that Calgary wears all the time now again. Yeah, don't don't change them. I have that much love for the classic Calgary. So there's just certain hockey jerseys that I think are so good and they should never be touched. So at the end of the day, sorry that I'm babbling on and on here. Caprice of another multi-point game. Uh, one goal, one assist. Boldy did, this is where his two-goal game was. So Boldy goes from, literally from one to five goals in just a few games with uh, John Hines as head coach. So Freaking awesome, to say the least. Rossi getting another point, uh, obviously, along the way. And, yeah, it just feels great. feels great to see things happening. <sighs> feels great. Augustafson solid in net, and the Wild pretty much peppering Vladar very early. A very weird goal in uh, Felino's case. It, it was like, it looked like it bounced out, but no, it was, like, completely in. It just was moving so quickly, and such a quick bounce, as they might say in Canada. And uh, it was a very quick bounce, and... Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was clearly a goal. Just you just kind of had to slow the slow the camera down a tiny bit, and it's like, oh, okay. It came through like a freaking like meteor, but uh, yeah, it was a goal, and it, it just bounced really hard and really fast to, to make it appear like the puck was uh, out, so that it never actually went in. So obviously, great time. It was kind of weird because everybody's kind of skating down the ice, you know, still playing, and all of a sudden, oh, it's a goal. Anyway, sorry, sorry about that, and they all started celebrating. So them being the wild, of course. Uh, Ryan Hartman, yeah, like we're saying, when Ryan Hartman re-entered the lineup, he's been on the fourth line. And I'm not crying at all. Um, I don't think anybody is. I'm only crying about the cap hit. So that's one thing I'm crying about. As we'll very quickly move to cap friendly just for a minute here. Because I like to do this pretty much every episode. It's kind of a thing, guys. Guys and gals, gals and guys. Yep, four, four million, four million, four million after this year. Three years of four million. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Just, just because he's making $4 million a year doesn't mean he has to be in the top six. In fact, I don't know, it doesn't mean anything at all. It just sucks that it's $4 million, that's all. That's all. Um, it couldn't be three. It couldn't be, couldn't be 3.5. It couldn't be 2.7, you know? 
<laughs> really? 2.9? 3.1? You know? Did it have to be 4 million? Uh, because he's so good, right? Well, he had a 5-point game. Come on. Uh, other than that, um, well, he had a 5-point game. Come on, man. Stop it. Stop whining, right? Yeah, well, yeah, Felino. Yeah, just tack on another year with the 4 million with that one. I'm not saying they suck, but I'm also... Uh, I know, it's going to drive me crazy. It, it, it is, especially a team that tell you, you talk about being cap-strapped and all that. I don't know. I know you want to keep your veterans, some of them, but you want to keep all of them. I, I know, it's an ongoing thing. Yes, I'm bitching about the same tire, tiring conversation, but, uh, <laughs> you know, sorry. I, I, I just, It is what it is, you know. It's not the best thing, in my opinion. But if he's on the bottom six, I feel better that Ryan Hartman's on the bottom six. Because you know what that also means? It doesn't mean that Ryan Hartman sucks. It also means that somebody else is playing well. That's the good thing. Somebody important, like a Margot Roski, like a Jules Eriksson-Eck is playing well. You know, Jules Eriksson-Eck should never come off of the top six anymore unless we get, you know, un- unless unless the Wild get, like, somebody who's, like, a hardcore, legitimate, you know, top center one way or another, like, like an elite player, uh, like a prospect becomes a star, that type of thing which I suppose anything could happen. I'm not counting on it at the moment, but I suppose anything could happen. So, and it is also interesting how people were talking about how, uh, you know, the uh, when uh, Merit Husnadinov, who I do believe is a legitimate prospect, yes. I was mostly asking the question when I put that together uh, for Crease Assist, just in case you're a listener of both of the shows. And this is, uh, you know, people on the show and, yeah, obviously this and that. And people that do listen to both ep- uh, both shows, and thank you for listening to both shows, by the way. Highly encourage that. Um, when I asked, is uh, who's Nadinov a legitimate uh, prospect in the NHL, I was making conversation, yet at the same time, it's like, you know, I was noting the slow start, and yes, I understand that, uh, you know, what they're doing over there in Russia is kind of playing a game, you know, because like, he's on the final year of his, of his deal. And it's like, oh, well, we don't have to play you. And it was funny how, <laughs> look at me jumping into segment two here, but it's like, I'll do it now because what if the thought you know, leaves me? Um, I love the way, uh, I love the way Derek said, no, we don't have to, or whatever, like bleep you, screw you, we don't have to, you know, like we don't have to play you. It was funny how he did the Russian accent with it. So just a thumbs up to you, Derek, for that one. That was hilarious. <laughs> I just did my little chuckle when I heard that one, so. Um, again, though, like the, the bottom line still getting significant minutes, you know, 12, 11, 10 minutes minimum for Patrick Maroon. Obviously the, uh, the, uh, he's, he's a third line player, but less minutes, probably less times in special teams and all that. But guys like DeHaim, almost 13 minutes, Hartman about 13 ish, Goudreau 12. Not that I'm excited about Goudreau getting 12 minutes or anything, but guys like Dewar, like Dewar, almost 14. What do you think of that? So playing in more and more situations, which is freaking cool. Um, you know, obviously, Rossi's number three on the team in minutes for forwards, not for, you know, defensemen usually on the ice more. Faber was on the ice more than anybody else, 25-42. Not quite Suter-like, where you're so gossed out there, you're gossed, and then you end up losing the game because the guy's gossed. He has no business being gossed. That's bullcrap, because he's selfish. <laughs> that was my yo, of course. Suter was gastled there. I used to get so pissed because they said that it's what you heard it all the time. Frickin' son of a gun. Yeah, but a 5-2 to two win versus the Calgary Flames. Things, uh, again, the 
bottom six is playing more like middle six, you know, that type of thing. They're getting almost middle six like minutes and getting opportunities to be a factor on the power play and the penalty kill at times, Um, but also just in general, getting opportunities to be on the ice. And the more you're on the ice, the more opportunities you're going to get just because, bounce of the puck, this and that. So it's a wonderful thing um, to see players getting opportunities and capitalizing on those opportunities. So um, what's funny, what kind of made me, I don't know how I, like, I heard something like the Wild were already like in a wild card position, and it's like, I don't know if I was hearing things or I'm nuts or somebody was like way off. I don't know what the heck, but the, you know when you look at the standings, yes, the Wild have game have games in hand against certain teams and such. In fact, we only have 23 games played. We're second lowest, pretty much, tied with Edmonton. We're actually tied with Edmonton for the lowest, is what is a better way to put it. On um, only 23 games, but. St. Louis is 27 games, Arizona, or 27 points. Arizona is in the postseason at the moment with the top wild card at 28 points. For division lead, the Wild would have to get to Winnipeg at 30. So that's a eight-point deficit to get into the division lead. To get to the wild card, the Wild need. <coughs> wild and wild, yeah, I know. Five points. Need to catch up five points to get to St. Louis. I think the Wild can do it, but I, I know there's a frustration, this and that. You want the draft pick. I do, too. I do too, but I guess that's just the way the organization is. As long as we're not stuck in the middle and things can overcome. But with the cap situation continuing into next year, continuing into next year, I don't know what to say. Um, and as you look over the standings in such Vancouver, it's definitely whew, something else. They have the best goal differential. Actually, LA has an even better one because they've only given up 53 goals in the season. They have a 32 plus in the goal differential, Vancouver 31 plus. About 101 goals for Vancouver. That's impressive. So if the Wild are able to beat Vancouver whenever we do play them coming up very soon here, very soon because we're we're going to be hanging around in Alberta for a bit, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Edmonton's obviously playing a hell of a lot better as well. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how things turn out. Las Vegas, despite a, a bit of a drop for, for a minute there, still number one in the Western Conference by a pretty good margin. Five points ahead of Colorado for that spot. So home ice advantage throughout the playoffs there, you know. Uh, LA Kings have only lost four games. Wow. The LA Kings have only lost four games. They're 10-0 and on the road. Mediocre at home, 5-4-3, and but 10-0 and on the road. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. You know, like some of this, it's like, because sometimes I, I don't sit and stare at the standings all day like some people do. Some people do. I don't. Because it's like, just keep winning games. And I like to look at it, and it's important, obviously. But, I don't know. I would say you figure we're kind of, we're so we're far enough out that we just need to keep winning at the moment. But then it's like you start paying attention to some of the other teams. And you're like, holy Toledo, man. What's going on? It's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, Carolina and Seattle. That Stanley Cup prediction looks pretty silly. Seattle's below the wild or tied with us. And we have three games in hand over them. What the heck happened to them? <laughs> they were pretty close to the West Final last year. Carolina's still good, but they got their butts handed to them yesterday by the Edmonton Oilers. They got they got uh, they got slicked or whatever you might say. Sorry, I just I can't help myself. The Wild's goal differential minus seven, a hell of a lot better than where it was. 
hell of a lot better. Minus seven. Edmonton's even because they've been scoring like crazy. So on and so forth. Uh, anyhow, um, let's pass out the awards for this episode. The I don't even know where to go, honestly. Let's just say there's not going to be any James Tepper popcorn maker, popcorn maker on this episode. I don't really have anybody to bitch about on this episode, even if like a gentle one. Other than, I don't know if guys get hurt this and that, but even that's not been happening. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, I mean, I'm not really complaining about anybody at the moment. So, and it's tough. Uh, I, I have to go with a guy that had a hat trick and who's been playing super well, especially. Um, and, and a guy that, see, this was the whole point about who's Nadine up earlier, and I lost my whole train of thought because I'm, my mind's going a thousand miles an hour, is that, uh, the talk was that Huznadinov would ultimately replace Connor Dewar, possibly. Like, that might be what's going to happen. I wish it was Ryan Hartman instead. I think that'd be better. I, I, I wish it was Ryan Hartman. Like, long term, who would you rather have? That might be a great poll. Hopefully I can remember. i got to make a mental note. I might even, I don't know, write it somewhere. Yeah, who would you rather keep long term, say, like, say when Huznadinov gets here, between Connor Dewar and Ryan Hartman? You know, obviously you're going to be like, oh, he can't be traded. Uh, maybe he can, but let's just say in a perfect world where you could just pick either one and move on from the other. Connor Dewar and Ryan Hartman. Connor Dewar and Ryan Hartman. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm on the Connor Dewar train there. I'm on the, I'm on the Dewar train. So, generally speaking. With that said, uh, the, yeah, so Connor Dewar, Connor Dewar will get his second... Unless he had three, uh, two last year. I think he had at least one. He had one for sure. But at least his second uh, Mike Madonna award will be this week. He, he had a hat trick, and he's been playing so well, generally speaking, the, the past several games. Just really appreciate what he's brought. Obviously, guys like Boldy, Rossi, you know, deserve credit. Huge credit. Kaprizov obviously deserves credit. Zuccarillo deserves credit, uh, generally speaking. And I can't really bitch about, you know, the bottom pair defensemen. But they're not good but I don't know. It's not like they were awful. You know, it's not like they were awful. They're, everybody's playing a little bit better. They're at least not, you know, killing us, that type of thing. So I'm not really going to bitch about anyone. I, I don't feel like doing that on this episode. So with that said, we'll take a quick break. We're going to preview the upcoming three games and look at the prospects. And, of course, fan interaction continues in segment numero trace. <laughs> here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, prediction and prospects, P&P. But before we get into that, we're going to hear from DraftKings, our sponsor here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. So you get some cool lines, Calgary and Carolina. What a fun game that could be. Uh, Carolina is a minus 122, Calgary plus, what is going on? Sorry, uh, plus 102. Minnesota Wild versus the Canucks. The Canschmucks. Got it like that. But you know, this is not going to be an easy one, even though the Wild are playing well. Canucks have the most goals in the Western Conference. Plus 105. 
Vancouver is a minus 129. This, this is the money line. So I need to be more clear with what the heck I'm talking about versus last time. But some of you probably know way more than I do <laughs> necessarily. New Jersey and Seattle. New Jersey minus 148. Seattle 124. Uh, we get into that. Arizona minus 112. Philadelphia 108. Both of those teams playing significantly better and in the playoff picture. Uh, you got Torts in uh, Philadelphia with some former Wild players and such. Nick Sealers, one of the best. Uh, he's on one of the best pairings in the NHL in terms of goals given up. So very impressive. Whereas the number two pairing in the NHL in terms of goals giving up, uh, Brodeen and, and Faber. So that's freaking awesome. And I'm in Chicago. I don't know. Is, uh, that's kind of like a waste of time. They're almost even, actually. <laughs> and you, D- Dallas and Washington, how the mighty have fallen with the Capitals. Dallas minus 134, Washington plus 114. Mm, another one, yeah, even Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a is an underdog in Nashville, I guess. That's kind of hard to believe. 110 for Tampa, minus 130. I can't give betting advice, but, hmm, interesting. <laughs> but we all know how things can go change real quickly there. Uh, so on and so forth. Detroit, and, oh my God. Detroit's a minus 120, or a minus 2, 298. San Jose plus 240. Good God. And is Buffalo this bad? But I guess. <laughs> My, Boston, minus 270. Buffalo, 220. Pretty wild. Pretty crazy. So anyhow, down, yep, and it's a lot of fun to have the app, especially when you have all that in front of you. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can uh, can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 in hockey. That's code THCN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine is the numbers. Yep. In Connecticut, help is available for uh, for problem gambling. Call eight 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 nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, uh, twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred sixty hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Steeler Registered Trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Okay, sorry, I had to say it. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh-oh. Oh, maybe oh, I'm just looking at something. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so I hope I didn't mess something up last week. Not not like in the ad, but the signature. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, anyhow. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, well, they're favored against the Wild on the money line, that's for sure. 16-9-1 on the season, third in the Pacific, and the number one goal scoring team in the Western Conference. Um as for injuries, Zach Bogosian out for Tuesday's game. Yeah, he didn't play there, so we'll see if he plays versus the um, versus the uh, Canucks. So we'll see what happens. That's why you saw Merrill versus uh, Calgary. Pia Sutter, 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 injured reserve as of November 15th. Carson Susie, Carson Susie, injured reserve November 12th. Carson Susie, damn. 
Uh, Guillaume Brebo, I think I'm saying it correctly, injured reserve, October 13th. Mm. That stinks. Uh, Thatcher Demko's had a great season, but he did give up a ton of goals uh, in the most recent game, if I remember correctly. He, yeah, he's on my fantasy team by the grace of God. Uh, again, yep, number one goals in the NHL, actually. 104, Wilder 18th. That would be Vancouver's number one, yep. Uh, goals against uh, Vancouver's 11th, Wilder 19th. It's improving. It's improving. Uh, power play, Wild 20th. Vancouver 4th. Penalty kill, Wild 31st. We're out of the bottom. And Vancouver 25th, so that's not too great. Uh, Three-game series. We haven't played each other yet. First game is today. <laughs> so, and then Saturday, December 16th. Monday, February 19th. Vancouver's been kind of win-loss, win-loss. They're two and three in their last five. So they're in third place. They've, they've not been so hot lately. And they did give up six goals two days ago versus the New Jersey Devils. Ouch. Six to five. They scored, but they gave up too many. Uh, four to one lost to Vegas, but it's Vegas. They lost to the Sharks. They lost to Glass Joe. They lost to Glass Joe. Yeah, they did. The Wild have won four in a row. Did I say five earlier? It's four. It feels like five, and hopefully it gets to five. Um, yeah, but St. Louis, Nashville, Chicago, Calgary, four and zero oh, with John Hines as head coach of Minnesota. At the end of the day, obviously some attractive players of the Vancouver, ones that we wouldn't have minded having in Minnesota. Demko has two shutouts. His save percentage is 9.17. His goals against average is 2.46. His win-loss record is 12-7. And, and Casey DeSmith, the former Pittsburgh Penguin, 3.06. And save percentage of .903. And, you know, he's all right. He's a backup goalie. He is. He's in, he's in the proper role. JT Miller, obviously somebody we've always wanted and all that cute stuff. 39 points on the season. The Wilds' leading score is Matt Zuccarello with 27, so put that into perspective as I rattle off these top four players. JT Miller with 39, 14 goals, 25 assists. Quinn Hughes, elite defenseman with power play superstardom and all that stuff, 14 power play assists, 27 total, 9 goals as well. 9 goals as well, 36 points. Again, who did I say had 27? Yeah, 20, yeah, again, our leading scorer has 27 points. Elias Pettersson, somebody we'd love to have, right? 10 goals, 24 assists. in 20. This is all in 26 games, 34 points. Brock Besser has returned from Purgatory or wherever he was in. 18 goals, 12 assists, 30 total points. <clears throat> all four of them are ahead of the Minnesota Wilds top score, and it feels like Zuccarello just kind of gets assists by default, basically. Yeah, just give Zuccarello an assist. He was on the ice. He must have had something to do with it, and that's kind of what it's been like at the end of the day. Uh, familiar names, Carson Sousa, yep. Only 13 games, 5 points. Ian Cole, 26 games, 3 assists. 26 games, 3 assists. And of course, yeah, the off-the-ice stuff, but let's try to try attempt to move on from that, I suppose. It's kind of, it's too bad. But uh, obviously, you know, he was a nice defenseman. I liked him when he was here. I did. Uh, and he's a plus, is he a plus? Yes, plus 3 on the season. He's played in every game, and only 3 points, 3 assists. Uh, I think that's the end of the Minnesota ties. Obviously, Brock Besser is the biggest. Carson Soucy, former Minnesota Wild prospect and player. Pretty nice uh, second-pairing defenseman, but on injured reserve, though, so it kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. Uh, it kind of does. I've said that six times now. Sorry. Um, yeah. that's uh, Oh, and Connor Garland, I do believe he's related. No, he's not related. I'm getting him mixed up with Granlund. Granlund. His, his brother used to be on uh, Vancouver forget if he went to Calgary or what the heck, but I don't know. It's not important at the moment. 
He's not on the wild. Uh, <laughs> Mikhail Graham has not been on the wild for years now. Um, a, win- a winnable game. Vancouver's not playing so hot lately. You want to hope that you can capitalize and all that. Obviously, Demko got shelled by a pretty good New Jersey team that's hopefully waking up for their stack. They've been a little bit of a disappointment this year considering where they were last year. They look like they're ready to possibly go on a Stanley Cup run. Possibly. Without being a super boring team, which would be the first time uh, after three Stanley Cups it'd be their first cup without being super boring. <laughs> Sorry, Bill Guerin, but I don't know. I guess the 05, uh, excuse me, 95 team was pretty fun to watch and there were some classic players on that team. Little did we know this young Bill Guerin guy, who he was and who he'd become and all that um, in so many different ways. But guys like Neil Broughton and such, that was cool. Um, yeah, where am I? What are the Wilds going to do versus Vancouver? I say just, uh, I don't know, step out in faith and believe the Wild can get the job done. Uh, this one is in Vancouver, that's what I thought, 9 p.m. And then the next two are both at XL Energy Center in December and February. So, <clears throat> that's important to know. The Wild will have home ice advantage overall in the series. Wild haven't done so hot in Vancouver over the years, but we've had some good games. It's kind of been back and forth. Mikhail Granlin did get a hat-trick against this team many years ago, but why am I even bringing that up? It's just a fond memory, I suppose. Um, winnable game. Vancouver's not playing well. The Wild have been playing phenomenal. I'm going to, I guess, I mean, I'm going to pick a win. Why not? 4-3 to three Minnesota with the win. Most likely got to score Matt Boldy. Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh and then Boston. So we're done with uh, the West Coast and all that. We're done with the uh, with Alberta or British Columbia or anything like that. For the Nope, I'm looking at the wrong thing. I went a week ahead. God, <laughs> I was looking at these teams and I do have them all ready to go. Sorry, I'm going crazy here. Back to back, so we go back to Alberta. So we're going to go from Vancouver to Edmonton and then back to Seattle. Why not have Seattle after Vancouver and then have play Edmonton on Sunday? Why not? I don't know. Schedule makers, I guess. They just want to torture people. Edmonton has been playing pretty well. And they're another team with games in hand and all that cute stuff. <clears throat> Dylan Halloway, former Calgary Flame. He's still in his Flames jersey there. Injured reserve as of November 14th. And Ryan Fanti. Injured reserve as of October 9th. That seems to be a thing. Injured reserve, injured reserve, injured reserve. <sighs> well, Connor McDavid's not an injured reserve. Zach Hyman had a hat trick in the most recent game where they beat the crap out of uh, Carolina. That was just last night. Just beat the living tar out of them. Was it, what, 6-1 to one or something? Rogers Place, 8 p.m. Gotta like these late games. I do. A lot of you don't, but I do. Damn it. It's all about me. No, it's not. It's about you, too. <laughs> it's about all of us. 13th in goals is Edmonton. 19th in goals against. They're kind of, you know, still kind of mediocre, but people are saying they're a cup contender. Well, they look like it yesterday, and Carolina looks like dog dookie. It looks like a dumb pick on my part. Dog dookie. 18th in penalty kill, so on and so forth. This is the second game of the series. The Wild beat the crap out of them, basically, but still gave up four goals. 7-4. to four. That's a classic Edmonton kind of game, right? It kind of is. 7-4 to four win for Minnesota on Tuesday, October the 24th in Excel Energy Center when the Wild were a mess. That was one of our five wins at the time. We've won four yeah, we've won four it's just, it's in just the last week or so here. <clears throat> it's pretty crazy. So, yes, it's this one, Friday, December the 8th. So, yes, it's a back-to-back situation. We'll see two different goalies. What do you expect tonight versus uh, Vancouver? Probably, I'm guessing Gus versus Vancouver 
and Flurry versus Edmonton, but maybe it'll be maybe it'll be switched. I don't know. But I'm guessing Gus versus Vancouver. I mean, either way, you're going up against a firing squad. Super duper offense, so it's not going to be an easy couple of games here. I think the Wild dropped one of these two, unfortunately. I think the Wild dropped the one to Edmonton. Dag nap it. I think it's going to be like a yeah, I, I think the Wilds lose their first game under John Hines. I mean, we're not going to be undefeated. We're not going to sweep everybody and win the Stanley Cup. It's not. I mean, we might win the Cup, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I don't know. It's okay to doubt it. <laughs> I'm not a bad fan. Uh, the next game is Friday, February the 23rd, also in Rogers Place. It's more like Gretzky's Place back in the day. <clears throat> or Messier's or whoever the heck else. I have fond memories of the 80s Oilers. Sorry, I just do... And the North Stars, of course. <clears throat> but, um, point being, I think Edmonton wins the game, unfortunately. Let's look at the actual players very briefly here, now that I've babbled my head off. Because I can't help myself. I'm out of control. Stuart Skinner, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, Edmonton's kind of what they are. They, they score goals, they give up goals. Uh, Stuart Skinner, three goal, 3.03 goals a game. 88.9 save percentage and one shut out. Otherwise, you still got Jack Campbell and Kelvin Picard. Kelvin Picard, and I believe he's actually there right now. Uh, Campbell must be out or something, or... Well, yeah, he must have been sent down. 4.5? Bloody hell, that's awful. Kelvin Picard, 2.94. You know, this, none of the goalies are even stopping 90% of the shots. It's pathetic. Connor McDavid, 8 goals, 24 assists, 32 points. Jeez, you're getting beat by all those Vancouver guys, aren't you? Leon Drysdale, uh, you know, <laughs> but of course McDavid's missed a few games too. Uh, Drysdale has played in every game, 10 goals, 19 assists. Zach Hyman with the hat trick leads the Edmonton Oilers in goals, 15-11 for 26. Evander Kane has had his wrist reattached, 20 points for him, 11 goals and 9 assists. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has 14 assists, goal with 5 goals as well. So on and so forth. Matthias Eckholm, I've always been a fan. He's, you know, he's kind of chipping away 10 points in 22 games. I like uh, I like Mattias Ekholm of the uh, formerly of the National Predators. Kind of like him. Um, at least he's not hurt. You know. But I think the Oilers win the game. Unfortunately, it'll be a 4-3, 4-2, 4-3 type of game. Might go to OT. Maybe the Wild get a point out of it. But I think the Oilers beat the Wild, unfortunately. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Wild just keep winning, or we get beat by Vancouver tonight, but and then beat Edmonton tomorrow. But I think the Oilers beat the Wild. That's kind of the crystal ball I have at the moment when it comes to the uh, you know the two teams coming up. Oh, I'm having dyslexia again. Seattle, yep, massive disappointment so far, but so were the Wild until lately. Eight, twelve, and six. Six overtime losses. What the heck is that crap? Fifth place in the Pacific Division. Jaden Schwartz, the former St. Louis Stanley Cup champion, blue, injured reserve. Why don't I just say injured reserve? That's, 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 that's all it is, injured reserve. That's all it is. If somebody's out, it's injured reserve. You know, it's not their pinky finger as bruised. It's injured reserve. Okay, I know. It's probably a lot worse than that, even though it would. Pinky fingers would surprise you how important they are, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, Jaden Schwartz, injured reserve. November 28th, and Andre Borakovsky, October 21st. Philip Grubauer is giving up 3.35 goals against his save percentage is 8.83, and no shutouts on the year. Goals for uh, 26th in the league for Seattle, 28th in goals against. They are not too good. 
Power plays 14th, Pinelli Kill 24th. First of the three-game series, Sunday, December the 10th, in Seattle, Seattle. It'll, we'll be back in Seattle on Feb 24, and finally at Excel Energy Center at the end of the season, April 18th. Maybe it's, maybe it's one of those games where one team makes the playoffs and one doesn't. Who knows? But Seattle's sucking lately. They've lost all five of their last. And, gosh, they're not scoring goals, and they're giving up a lot. 5-1 to one to Vancouver, to, to name one. Awful. Shut out by Ottawa. Shut out by Ottawa. 2-1, to 2-0. Two to you didn't lose to Glass Joe, but you lost to Von Kaiser there. You lost to the second guy, Von Kaiser, in uh, Super Mario Punch-Out. No, in Punch-Out, not Super Mario. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. <laughs> Super Mario Punch-Out. Joey Decord is, well, he's got the best goals against average for the, uh, yeah, it's kind of been a split because Grubauer's been a huge wash for the freaking Seattle Kraken. You know, when it's like, my God, they got Philip Grubauer. He's one of the best goalies in the league. Well, he hasn't been since he got to Vancouver. Uh, their leading scorer is a defenseman. And all the respect in the world to former St. Louis Blue. Everybody's a St. Louis Blue on this team. <laughs> they are. There's a, Well, not all of them, but there's a lot of them. 21 points for Vince Dunn. He's really emerging, isn't he? Four goals, 17 assists. Seven power play assists and two power play goals. He's been good. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln? Anyone? How was the play? Yeah, it's disappointing. Jordan Eberle only 12 points in 23 games. Adam Larson, the former Oiler. Big trade for the Oilers years ago. Like, they get this great defenseman who's not great at all. just average. 7 points, 26 games. Mediocre defensively and below average offensively. I don't know, man. It's, uh... I don't know. Jared McCann. I think he played for the... Uh, yeah, he's the leading goal scorer. I'm pretty sure he played for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Didn't he? He did not. I got him mixed up with someone else. Pittsburgh, okay. Pittsburgh and Florida. Yep, I got him mixed up with someone else. It doesn't matter, but he's the leading goal scorer for Seattle. No excuse. The Wild win this game comfortably. Comfortably. 5-2. to two. Wild beat Seattle just like Calgary. Comfortable win. Uh, most likely guy to score versus Edmonton. I got to backtrack. <sighs> the th- should it be thirty-four-year-old Jared Spurgeon had just had his birthday, scoring in against his scoring in his hometown? I always like to go with that. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. But Seattle, yeah. So I will go with that. Uh, Brock Faber is going to score a goal versus the Seattle Kraken in a five-to-two win. But he'll find a way to score a goal versus the Seattle Kraken. One of those five goals will be Brock Faber. Well, I'll go two and one, or maybe two-zero and one. This upcoming week, it, I, it could it could go to a shootout or OT, but I think Edmonton beats the Wild, or maybe it's Vancouver. But I'm going to say Edmonton, gun to my head type of deal. My, I should have picked Rossi to score against somebody. I'm going to pick him instead of uh, Spurgeon for Edmonton. So I'm making that brief change. With that, we're going to look at the prospects now, a, eh? and let's get started with the Iowa Wild, if humanly possible. Ryan O'Rourke, Ryan O'Rourke. Well, he's not been the highlight this past week. If it comes to prospects in Iowa, if prospects in Iowa this past week, it's got to be Damon Hunt. I mean, he's only played 11 games and his time in the NHL, I think, really boosted his confidence. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, I was able to keep up in the NHL to a point. Now this feels a little easier. 21-year-old Damon Hunt with now seven assists, eight total points in only 11 games. He's had some, he's had some multi-point games here. Damon Hunt is the, yeah, he is. He's the leading scoring defenseman for the Iowa Wild. Iowa continues to be, well, they've been playing better, and they have the best goalie pretty much you could ever imagine in the AHL. 
he's going to be an all-star goalie in the NHL if if all goes well, and I probably he probably will. Nine and four, nine and four. Jesper Volstedt, Jesper Volstedt, one point nine five goals against average, save percentage just under ninety four. Wow. So <laughs> the Wild, ha- the Iowa Wild, have something going for them when it comes to you know possibly winning some games. It has mostly been the older veteran kind of guys, but at least at least. Damon Hunt has been a huge thing, and Sammy Walker has been picking up, but at the end of the day, still, because of the slow, okay, shitty start there, I'll say it, because of the shitty slow start, I don't like to swear too much on these shows, I just don't, um, I don't want to turn it into like, yeah, well, this, that's one thing I don't like to do very much, I don't know, some people do, some people don't, Sammy Walker, now that I'm off my soapbox, 50% 50% or half a goal or half a point a game basically pace after a bleepy start to the season. And Adam Beckman back to kind of, he was at two-thirds of a point. Now he's closer to half. So now it's, yeah, damn it. He did get a, I think he had a goal the other night, but it's just, I don't know, it's been quiet. Though, so it's like, <laughs> but it's mostly been Patan, Lucini, and Kyra leading the Iowa Wild. Um, and Simon Johansson also with another goal. He's actually been a nice little positive as well. Four goals now on the season. Um, five points, 20 games. It's nothing to like say, holy cow, oh my God, we got to have him. But at least he's been okay. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry, somebody's distracting me here and I apologize. It hasn't been the... Uh, uh, it hasn't been an amazing season for a lot of the prospects down there, but at least we're seeing uh, really good signs coming out of uh, Damon Hunt, though. He's definitely been a huge positive, other than, of course, the goaltender. Who's who's better than him right now? Jesper Volstead. The Iowa Wild uh, did win 6-1 to most recently against the Ice Hogs, the Rockford Ice Hogs. So that's obviously freaking awesome. Uh, sorry about this. Yeah, it's, it's usually like Patan, Lucini, guys like that, multi-point games. Like, Patan is always kind of one of those guys. Kyra, two assists. Yeah, Johansson did get his fourth goal. Mike O'Leary's been a factor. Yeah, Walker, that's right. He, he got a goal just recently there. Um, and, yeah, so he's kind of starting to pick it up. Jesper Volstead stopping 30 of 31 shots. That's obviously been great. Um, but, yeah, still, generally speaking... Some of those guys, they still got to catch up to those older veterans. We appreciate them. And usually the older veterans, you know, they, they're trying to make it. And they're experienced. And, you know, they should be kicking butt in the AHL, honestly. But at the same time, it would be nice to see the prospect kicking some butt as well. So, finally we're seeing something out of Hunt again. As he did see uh, a few games in the NHL. So, that's why he only has 11 AHL games so far. Uh, he has been healthy. And stay healthy, please, if that's okay. Uh, Lambos at six points now. He also added his fifth assist this past week. So, fifth assist. She's tied with Rhino Rook now with six points. Carson Lambos chipping away and moving up a little bit. Gradually. It's his first year in the AHL, so no huge rush there. Merit Huznadinov, who, yeah, the stupid thing. Yep, I know. i got to play around with this for a minute. So, that's kind of a pain in the butt. At 11 points in 23 games so far, in uh, Sochi, obviously he's been he's been better in Sochi than he was in St. Petersburg. Obviously, just six six games and nothing because they weren't playing on there, having him rot on the fourth line. So, yep, my apologies for maybe not passing on enough information about uh, the situation with uh, Huznadinov. Obviously, a slow start, but you know, but there was a reason for it. So, yeah, have to talk about that. Liam Ogren, Ogren, Ugren, very happy to see his uh, progress 
and all that. Glad, glad to see that he's not, you know, that he's finally back from injury and such. With now three games and still that one goal. So there's that. He looks like he's going to be in the World Junior Classic. He's under 20, so good for him. That's coming up very soon as we head into the Christmas here. Obviously, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas season and all of that. Uh, Danila Yurov, who could be here as soon as next year as well. That's always a really exciting type of thought. Sorry, this thing. Um, obviously, Russian and all that good stuff, and he's been super productive in the KHL. Yeah, awesome. Just absolutely awesome. In 35 games, 12 goals, 15 assists. This is the KHL, folks. This is not uh, the MHL. Where last year, he was over a point a game, but that's the AHL of Russia. 27 points, 12 goals, 15 assists. Just kind of outstanding. Outstanding. And becoming like a goal scorer for sure. And Gonna be, he's going to be a nice player for Minnesota. Looks like one of those great draft picks. And he's only 19 years of age, folks. He ain't 22, 23, 24, or anything like that. So, not even 20 years of age. Could He could also be in the World Junior, but we'll see how that goes. Whereas, uh, Ogren will be. So, that's not even a question. Hunter has been hunted, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, six ECHL games for the Iowa Hardlanders. Oh, God. 4.6 goals against average. I feel for you, man. I really do. I do. I feel for uh, Hunter. I don't know what to say. Uh, Spachik, by the way, uh, he's been kind of back and forth. The ECHL, he's back in the, with Iowa. Uh, one goal, two assists in ten games, so that's three points for Spachik. Obviously, yeah. So, good for him. Apologize, I'm bouncing here. So, yeah, because I have to kind of move around, maneuver. Uh, talked about O'Rourke, Pavel Novak. You know, didn't really into him too much um and first off watch we'll, we'll watch on first off nope we're gonna have to go to a different thing god <laughs> yep it's always fun navigating through some of this mess here <sighs> vladislav first off of course in the khl second round pick for minnesota in 2019 22 years of age and 21 points 11 goals eight uh 11 goals 10 assists yep and, you know, 19-year-old Yurov, it just says a lot about Yurov. Not so much complaining about first off as much as how good Yurov has been. Um, first off, 21 points in 39 games for Torpedo. Uh, I'm not even going to try the next two. Novgorod, I guess. Novgorod, Novgorod. That sounds awesome, actually. Novgorod. Sorry. <laughs> that really does sound good at the end of the day. Um other prospects as you bounce around and all that. You get college players and such. I'm kind of blanking here. Uh, Hunter Haight. Yep. Yeah, you know, when you look at college and juniors, Hunter Haight, 31 points in 25 games. And, I mean, we're having a, the multi-prospect of the week. We're going to get to him in a second, but he's not at the moment. Yep. Regular Renz, 6 goals, 5 assists, 11 total points for the University of Denver as a sophomore. So good for him. University of Denver Pioneers, of course. Middle night injured, and that sucks. Ryan Healy with Harvard. Six points in nine games, two goals, four assists. And, yep, obviously missed time at the start of the season, as we talked about before. Jack Pert, again, defensive-minded guy, only three points in 14 games, but, again, very strong defensive-minded guy for one of the better teams in college hockey. In fact, weren't they ranked number one recently? So, I, I believe so. 14 games. Um, he's even. I would say he's been um, a little bit of a disappointment, honestly. So, I mean, last year, it's like, yeah, he's defensive-minded, but he was more productive, and he's only even. So that kind of sucks. So, I don't know. 
It's it's disappointing. And obviously when you're not scoring, it's not going to help your plus minus either. So Charlie, I never scored. <laughs> Charlie, I never scored from L. Uh, ten games, one goal. Ten, ten games, one goal. But we're we'll see. We'll see. It's just it's just as fresh, you know. It's just you know, it's not as fresh when you're it's a sophomore year. Uh, Kumpalainen, I I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, and it's one of the cooler names out there. One, yeah, he's a point of game guy for the OHL Ottawa Generals. 25 points in 25 games, 13 of them goals. So hopefully he's a goal scorer. And then the prospect of the year, basically, uh, like it's it's over. He's the prospect of the year. He is Riley Height. Yes, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. For Bigfoot himself, no, I'm kidding. 5'11", 182, not quite Bigfoot level. 18 years of age, he's, man, it's unbelievable. Mm, he is unbelievable. 14 goals, 14 goals, uh, 39 assists. Oh, I mean, what more can you say? Didn't he have like 11 assists last week or something? That's why uh, with MNW Prospects, uh, Pavel Bonetto put two fires next to his name. You know how you put fire like this guy's hot? Riley Height is blue hot. You know, there's red hot, orange hot, yellow hot, white hot, and then there's blue hot. Riley Height is blue hot right now. It's the WHL, but he is, <laughs> he's looking like some of those prospects in the past where it's like, oh my, this guy's going to be a really good player. I really hope this translates to the next level and the level beyond, obviously, AHL and NHL. If he's anything like he's playing like in WHL, I mean anything, he's not going to play a game in the AHL, but I'm sure he will because, yep, 64th overall pick in 2023 looks like a fantastic draft pick for uh, Judd and Judd Bracken and, of course, Bill Guerin, who was the, you know, as the last day, president of hockey operations. <laughs> Aaron Punk, of course, that is the uh, University of Minnesota Duluth and Hermantown and all that good stuff, 20 years of age. He's not a he's not like a an eighteen year old freshman. He's a twenty year old already. One goal, eight assists for nine total points, and he is a defenseman, a left shot defenseman, which we probably could use pretty soon here in fifteen games. Caleb Paka, not from not from Minnesota. There's a lot of Minnesotans in this past draft. Uh, one of them disappointing so far. Yeah, I know the Wisconsin guy. Galen Parker, defense shoots right for the Moose Jaw Warriors, 14 points in 24 games, 13 assists. Good for him there. And then Jimmy Clark, the Gophers, seventh-round pick. Definitely not as productive of late, 16 games, but still productive enough, I guess, for a freshman. Uh, seventh-round pick in the draft out of Edina. Okay, I know, Edina. 16 games, four goals, three assists. About a plus-five on the air, so that's good, and hopefully the future national champions... It's this time for the Gopher Hockey team to finally win a frickin' national title. Again, it's been too long. I don't want to wait anymore. So, that's how I look at that. That'll wrap up the prospects. Riley Height, the prospect of the week, the prospect of the year. Stay healthy, Riley. That's all i got to say about that. Stay healthy. And, um, can't wait. Can't wait to see you at the next level. That's all i got to say about that. I wish it was right now, man. <laughs> With that, we'll take a quick break, and it's time for some fan interaction. Yes! And 
And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Final segment, fan interaction. Fan interaction. Hashtag BTWMN. Hashtag BTWMN. We're opening up with a cu- uh, couple of polls here. One from me and one from Crease Assist. Somehow mine got more votes this time. That's rare. Huh. Because I know Crease Assist is very popular. <laughs> yeah, they're doing a great Yeah, I mean, Derek is doing a great job, of course. Kalisha Towns and... Um, Teresa Ferry's awesome, 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 awesome show. Especially, I mean, the most recent one was so fun. And, yep, we're going to hashtag each other from now on. Which, uh, obviously, yeah, Derek's been doing it and I hadn't been. So I feel like a jerk. I'll have a good one next week. That uh, um, Ryan Hartman versus Connor DeWert conversation. Now we'll finally get to the point here. At Crease and Assist. What is the biggest single change to the Minnesota Wild since the arrival of John Hines as head coach? <clears throat> Team is playing faster. More assertive offense. More responsible defense, better goaltending, and I did say team playing faster, and that is winning with two days left. 50.9%, 50.9%. Second place is more responsible defense, 20.8%. Third place, better goaltending. Fourth place, 113 More assertive offense. I almost picked that one, too. Okay, well, this one, mine also has a couple of days left, but it's had enough. Yeah, I mean, it's you know how you declare a winner because... It's going to happen. You're going to declare a winner, kind of like in Alaska. You declare winners usually pretty early. And Washington, D.C., you declare winners pretty early in the presidential elections. You know what I mean? Because they lean really far one way or the other. Those two states, if you can call Washington, D.C. a state, <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, yeah, it counts as like, uh, for what you call it, electoral votes anyway. I would say, okay, here's the poll, the poll I promised two episodes ago. Where do we stand today in the LA Kings Kevin Fiala trade? Brock Faber and Liam Liam Olgren or Kevin Fiala? Brock Faber and Liam Olgren are declared the winner 82.9. Even with two days left, they're declared the winner. Kevin Fiala, 17.1. He he did get votes. It's just, it's a blowout, as they say in the hockey world. Mike at SnowRider24 underscore 7, all that. By Fiala. Matt responds with Kings have a couple of these guys. Kevin and PLD are both are both uh, guys that are so talented, but aren't necessarily aren't necessarily first line guys. Guess that's a good thing. Oh, it it is. Andrew Woodard. Yep, welcome back to the show. He says uh, I don't think there is a wrong answer to this one yet. I understand. Would you uh, Wild could absolutely use a Kevin Fiala? Yes. The blue line would also be significantly worse without Brock Faber now and in the future. And then the good news is we still have Liam Olgren in the uh, in the wings. So. So, yeah, let's keep going. There was a little conversation after that. I don't, don't need to get to everything because <clears throat> those two guys are having their own convo there, which is the way we roll. Uh, <clears throat> thoughts on this hot streak and anything else, please hashtag it. Uh, BTWMN. The Derek Felska lightning round hath returned da-da-da-da-da. Yes, sir. At Crease Assist. At Crease and Assist, sorry. And it's the Crease Assist podcast. Do check it out, of course, that I mentioned. I think these games continue to prove how tuned out they were for Dean Evison. Mm-hmm. Almost everyone is hustling. Gus Tufson is making clutch saves. <laughs> Team is jumping out to an early lead. Uh, yeah, they are. And not chasing the game. More shots are being blocked. It has been generally good. Yep, yeah, part one. So it looks like there's a part. Where is it? Why does it do that? Where's part two? Where's part two? Okay, is it this one? Uh, okay, yeah, that is part two. 
I can't imagine Deed would have wanted them to play any differently than they currently are, but Boldy looks way more confident and involved. The honeymoon is still going, but isn't going to last forever. Correct. Yep, nope, I, I agree with that. It's not definitely not going to last forever, but certainly encouraging signs, thus uh, so on and so forth. And yes, hockey does have sugar highs, unfortunately, but when you get a coaching change, but hopefully this one ends up being something special. Obviously, you know, the St. Louis one was the greatest sugar high you could ever imagine because it took them to a Stanley Cup title. Uh, looks like that, yep. So, Jay Bushy will jump in quick. Uh, you know, so there's a there's a break in the action when it comes to the uh, the lightning round, which is funny. I'm just messing around. <laughs> Jay Bushy, great to hear from you, says, as Crease and Assist asks, how long is this surge sustainable? Yep, yeah, um, how long? Well... It could it could go on for the rest of the year in terms of like this could be an overall more productive year. Clearly, like they were tuning out Dean and it wasn't going to come back. It it wasn't going to come back probably. Dean disagrees, but I I, I don't know. I I uh, of of course as a competitor, like if I was the coach of the Wild and I was the guy, you know, yeah, I, I would feel that way too. But unfortunately, the reality appears to be heading in a different direction there. As for how long the surge is sustainable. I think the team can play well the rest of the year, but the absolute current, I think the win streak ends this week, but the the, the overall surge could probably go on into um, into January. It, it can, and kind of hopefully get the Wild into playoff contention since clearly we're not rebuilding and we're not reloading, and how can we re- reload anyway with a cap situation? So, yeah, um, I would say about January-ish. The lightning round has to return to Dada. Uh, many of the that's Derek Felsk, of course. Many of the Minnesota Wild forwards have shown more jump, assertiveness, and they are knock on wood, as he says, finding the back of the net with greater frequency, with one exception, Marcus Johansson. Is there anything that can be done to get him back on track? Uh, you know, you know what it could be. Uh, make him a free agent at the end of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a contract year. Oh, we got to put. It's a contract year. That's. It's like here we go again. You know, hockey player. You know, every athlete, not hockey players. Hockey players usually try harder, no matter what. But um, in professional sports, the number one motivation to any professional athlete, it's a contract year. It's a contract year, unless you're Latrell Sprewell and you're a complete moron, and uh, say that uh, I got a family to feed and I'm going to turn down this this contract. To, for more because, you know, I'm a jackass. Yeah, that was the only, that was one of the few exceptions. Um, that's what it's appearing to be, though. Like, it was a contract year and he played better because of that. Look how good Terrell Brandon played in 1999, but then he got that, you know, the big contract with the Timberwolves. Oh, sure, he played fine, but he wasn't as good as he was in 99. And welcome to sports, unfortunately, you know. And I'm not saying that to Derek. Welcome to sports. I'm just saying uh, that's kind of how it is, damn it, and it sucks. That's probably what it's going to take, because unfortunately, Johansson, I don't think, you know, he's disappeared before, which is really annoying, and I don't know. You know, he might have been a free agent that year, too, though, the year a couple years ago when we acquired him. I forget what happened there. Yeah, I think he was, so what am I talking about? I'm not sure what to say, but I'm, you know, I'm really not sure. He's, He's the one guy that really hasn't responded to anything. Now that I come back to it, ooh, here's another other guy who needs some help, too. Prospect Charlie Strummel didn't even get an invite to play for the U.S. World Juniors team. Should we be concerned, or is making slash not making the team overrated, in your opinion? I'm concerned. I'm concerned, because, I mean, he should be doing something, right? 
uh, you have Mike Hastings as head coach. Wisconsin is completely different this year. I'm concerned, yeah. I, you know, like, you know how there's, like, say, Def, DEFCON level, whatever, you know, like 10, or like like 10 is the, like, say, your your wor- your stress, your your concern level. If 10 is the highest, one's the lowest. With Stremel, I'm probably at a 6 or 7. I'm not at 10 yet, but yeah, if he's still doing this next year, we'll be going to be at 8 or 9 already. Um, looks like there's a couple of replies. And then Johan says, the kid has been hurt and are barely ba- and is barely back playing. One of two things, too much competition among young players for this team and not enough playing time for Charlie. Or he said, I'm not ready and need to focus on school and play. Huh. Huh. Interesting. And that's interesting that if he said that. Derek Felska says, <laughs> me and Derek know what interesting means. Maybe, and while he has the better part of three years to figure it out, I don't think expectations were all that high to begin with. Yeah. And, and that's why maybe my concerns might be like five or six-ish. Uh, Tony Perkle says, good to hear from you, Tony. And, of course, Emma and Johan, of course, absolutely. Uh, lots of draft next thought the wild reach for Strammel, but to trust Judd to get centers. Watched part of a Badger game, and he was barely mentioned. Not giving up hope that he pans out, but this season has not been encouraging. Yeah, that's about right. That's about where I stand. Not giving up hope, but I'm not real encouraged. You know, so, yeah. We're going to be bouncing off everyone's uh, 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 coattails, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. Derek Felska says, have you seen the new documentary on NHL 94? I have not. If so, what are your thoughts on it? If not, what is your best NHL 94 memory? Winning championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, also being able to still have teams like uh, Quebec Nordiques, Hartford Whalers, and some legendary players on there that, you know, a, a, a lot of old North Stars are there, including ones that I w- wish were still North Stars when the, they left or when they went to the final, like Larry Murphy. I think I traded him back to the Minnesota, uh, excuse me, Dallas Stars slash Minnesota North Stars and had fun with that. Um, it's having a lot of those those players. It's having a lot of those players still around. You could reassemble the Edmonton Oilers who were, would have still been really good at the time, by the way. Do you realize how good that team would have been for as long as they would have been if they didn't split them all up and such, and you know, Messier ultimately going to the Rangers and Gretzky to the Kings and other teams after that, St. Louis and New York, um, yeah, St. Louis and New York. <laughs> Anyhow, um, it was fun with the Rangers for a minute, though. I guess Gretzky and the and Messier, um, but that's kind of my main memory is all the legendary players, uh, you know. But you can also have fun with <coughs> future Wild executives. Uh, future wild players when they were real young like Wes Waltz he's actually pretty good in that game he's at like the bottom of the he's like at the bottom of Calgary's lineup practically uh and he's a Calgary native by the way but um that being him being Wes Waltz but he's a good player on that game and I brought him to my uh actually I forget if I yeah when I played as Calgary I I kept him there but on other teams yeah like uh, other teams that I uh, assembled like Hartford and such. I get a Phil Housley, and he's like spectacular in that game. Um, so that's what I like the most are just all the wonderful players you can assemble. And of course, you could have the Hartford Whalers again, uh, Quebec Nordiques. It's so cool. So just, I, I wish they were still the North Stars as well. Next, the Arizona Coyotes claim they are about to purchase some land in Phoenix to stay in Arizona. Is that the right move? Or should the league just cut bait and finally relocate this club to a market that gives a damn about hockey? 
something about I don't know. I I like Arizona, but ah, I like Arizona. But I mean, at the same time, I think I think other markets would. Yeah, I, I think other markets that are that want hockey should should have hockey. Yeah, that's so. I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling the the, the latter there. Yeah, it's sad because I like Arizona. I like the thought of them having hockey. I like their uniforms. You know how they went back to the retros. I think they're awesome. But and it was kind of cool when they first moved there. You know, and I always used to joke about Phoenix having hockey. It'd be weird. <laughs> It'd be funny. And then it happened, of course. Um, I don't know. I like Houston does not excite me. A lot of people it does. They are Texas. You know, it's like kind of similar. I mean, they they probably have a better market for it. But ah, uh, come on, Texas, two teams, two teams in Texas. We're gonna have a Texas two-step in the NHL also, like NBA and such. NBA, sure. Baseball, okay. Ha- hockey, uh, I, I, eh. football, like no, no bleep. Ha ha. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I mean, Salt Lake City, maybe. Quebec City, please. Por favor. Hartford, Connecticut, that'd be awesome, but I don't know. Uh, so, so on and so forth. Next, um, so yes, basically relocate. Yes, um, I'm, yes, yes, sir, yes. I'm saying relocate. It, it hurts a little bit, but I think it'd be better. Derek felt because it's just been it's just an ongoing saga and it needs to end. How should fans remember Dean Evison? Uh, gritty, uh, a, a gritty guy who <laughs> every time the Wild scored goals, you know he'd be punching people in the stomach and chest and stuff. Uh, a man who was very passionate about the game, um, stubborn, unfortunately. So stubborn with lineups, like this is how we do things, that kind of thing. That's probably his. I think that was probably his ultimate undoing was stubborn about this is how we do things, that kind of thing, and you know the Goudreau nonsense. But at the same time, a man who was passionate about the game, a man who you know has a lot of respect for everybody, basically a very respectful, uh, a classy guy. Unfortunately, a little on the stubborn side as a coach. So that's where I'm leaning in that. Steve Snyder will wrap up the fan interaction segment. People continue to talk about our prospect pool other than the goalie. That would be Jesper Volstead, of course. Yep. Do we really have a strong pool of prospects? Not seeing much in Iowa to this point. Agreed. Agreed. I'm not seeing much in Iowa either. Um, but there's finally a little spar, a little glimmer of hope because Damon Hunt has been emerging in a big way. Otherwise, Beckman, guys like that, they're not doing much. Um, what's his name? Uh, the, the Duluth player, Swayze. What the heck? You know, the former Duluth Bulldog. 25 years old? Ugh, and he's just, it's like he's taking steps back. So it's extremely depressing. Really good point there. Derek says, right now, beyond Wallstead and the defense prospects like Hunt and Auroric, yep, and, and uh, Lambos, those guys are interesting. Um, there isn't much there, especially at forward, where you really have just two in Beckman and Novak. Bankier and Milne are hurt. Yep, still hurt. The Damon Hunt has looked real good this season. Yep, he's the intriguing one. Steve Snyder. Oh, looks like there's a few here. Steve Snyder says, would be nice to see Hunt with the big club. Yeah, 4-33 and are liabilities. Yep, Merrill and uh, Goligoski, of course, liabilities on the blue line. Yep, Merrill just stinks, and, and Goligoski is long in the tooth and cannot keep up with the speed of the game anymore. Great career, but time to hang him up. Agreed? Agreed, yep. Agreed on both of those guys, uh, uh, 4 and 33. And then Johan, remember when, as fans, we were complaining they always bought, uh, brought prospects right into the big league? Yeah, with uh, yep, uh, Fletcher. Well, that didn't work with the prospects at the time. So now we are able to bake in Iowa, and fans are complaining. Truth is, some, pros- some prospects 
many are not able to get to the next level. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's pretty much what we're complaining about. We're not complaining that guys are in Iowa, really. It's more like we're complaining that they're not doing much in Iowa. No, um, I can understand, like, maybe, like, yeah, like, maybe you're saying oh, people are complaining that Hunt isn't at the NHL. No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine that he's in the uh, AHL for now. I'm fine that he's in the AHL for now. It's just that it sucks that uh, the last two defensemen, the, the third pairing is awful, that's all. Uh, Derek responds with, yes, however, not everyone has to start in the minors just to say they did. Look at favor. Yeah, exactly. He didn't need it. I'm not in a rush to see Damon Hunt or others, but I'd rather give them the ice time than the vets just holding on to the NHL career at the uh, Meta, Metamucil crowd. Yeah, yep, so I, yep, I, I, yeah, that's perfect. Honestly, I think that's a perfect take. Um, yeah, no no major rush for Hunt, but it's just that the last two guys are freaking horrible, that's all. So, no, great thoughts, though, either way. Great conversation, Emin Johan, Steve Snyder, Derek Felska there. And that will wrap up Fan Interaction. Shout-outs very quickly to um, MNW Prospects, of course. Uh, Pavel Bennett, Justin Baki, you guys are the coolest ever. I love you. Um, love what you do for MNW Prospects, MNW Young Guns. Um, Minnesota Wild Global, of course. Scott Cavendish, I believe him and his wife had an anniversary. So, awesome. Congratulations there. Happy anniversary. Um, congrats, yep, congratulations for sure. Patrick Turner coming out of Florida. Minnesota Wild Nation, major shout-out there. Grease Assist, uh, Locked on Wild with Seth, uh, Seth Tupal. Great job. Um, absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, Justin Bach, is also part of Sound the Foghorn podcast. Yep. That's an awesome job. So, yeah, Justin Bakke's an awesome, awesome guy. So, just in case he's still listening, <laughs> hopefully. Um, those of you that listen, though, uh, really appreciate you. And God bless you. Tell your friends about the show. Put a positive rating if you could. The This show could use a few algorithms, even though the, the Twitter slash X is doing pretty well. But, um, yeah, I mean, we could use some algorithms on iTunes, Spotify, things like that. Some positive ratings, five-star ratings as uh Seems like my shows have vanished off the face of the earth when it comes to algorithms over the years. So um, those of you that have, though, thank you and thank you again. Uh, Anyone else that can, please do. Until next time, have a great week, and we'll see how the wild do, and keep it up, Damon Hunt and others. (laughs) 